Like, like Dylan said, my name is Ian. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm, I'm so glad that you guys uh, chose Summit this morning. And um, we've been going through a series that's just been awesome. Uh, last week, Travis preached on um, the, the petition, right? There's six petitions, and he prayed, lead us not into temptation, and so this morning, I'm going to be following that up because in the same sentence, it says, but deliver us from evil. And I think it's interesting that uh, we're praying on that this morning because I think it's so timely. And I think we need that prayer today because it was just a few days ago in Aurora, Illinois, Five people shot and killed. Five cops also shot. Another one. Um, and then in the past week or two weeks, a report came out on, this, uh, on the Southern Baptist Convention of sexual abuse within the church. And uh, another report from the Vatican about sexual abuse again there. And so, I don't know about you, but there is evil in this world that we need to be delivered from. Um, And I thank God that he has the power to deliver us. And those two reports that came out, I read them and it shook me because I think we get the impression that when we walk through those doors, right? We get a get out of jail free pass and that we're exempt from that. there's There's no evil here. We're not, we're not human. We don't have mess. But when we walk through that door, something else happens. You become marked by the enemy. He sees you coming in here. He knows what's going on. And he sees it as a threat. He sees you as a threat. Because he figures he's got a good thing going on in, in New England and Maine. And that everybody's just kind of quietly doing their own thing. Nobody's causing any trouble. And that it's fine. And yet when we come in here, we throw all that to the wind. And so when we suit up for battle, and we come in here, better believe it gets noticed. And Travis said that last week. When you sign up, when you sign your name, and you surrender your life, it does not get easier. In many ways, it gets harder. And that's not to scare you, and I'm going to talk about why, but it's something that we need to be aware of in a very real sense. Because I was, I was meeting with somebody this week. I got coffee with them. And I was kind of just going over my sermon, telling them, you know, like, you know, I'm going to hit them with this. And I'm going to come over here and I'm going to use this passage. And I'm going to, like, and he said, you know, it's interesting. Satan comes to every, Satan comes to church every week to pray. Did you know that? He just spells it differently. He spells it P-R-E-Y. And he's coming to get you. He comes to prey on us. 
And last week, Travis talked about the armor of God, and I think that's so fitting. And as we kind of tie these two together, and we look at how similar they are and how they work with each other, I think we need to revisit that, and we need to think about how we need to suit up. Because, right, if we're talking about this, and, and if there's an evil one that's out to get us, and if we're in battle... Why would you not armor up? Why would you not armor up? Does anybody play a sport? Anybody play soccer? Because that's like the best sport. Mateo, yeah. Do you, do, would you ever go onto the pitch without cleats? No. That would not end well. Shin guards? You like playing soccer without shin guards, right? That's fun? No. Oh, okay. Uh, how about football, right? How long would you last on the football field without a helmet? How long are we lasting against the attacks of the enemy without spiritual armor? It's not going to be long. Because he knows where the chink is. We talked about that in small group on Thursday, leading us into temptation. He knows the chinks in our armor, right? right? Do you know that? If you have a chink in your armor, if you have a weakness in your faith, guess where you're going to get pinched and pressed? Guess where your weaknesses and vulnerabilities are going to be exposed? Right where you're weakest. Isn't that just great about him? I just love that. But we, we need to armor up. And I think about this, and, I, I, and here's why. In Acts 20, Paul is equipping the church at Ephesus. He's leaving. He's going to die. And so it's kind of an emotional time. They love each other, but he's got something on his mind as he equips the leaders of the church for his absence. He says, starting in verse 27, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherd of the church of God, which he, brought, which he bought with his own blood. See, we, we have a, we have a, we're valuable, right? We have a cost. This thing is precious. What you're a part of in here is valuable and was bought with a very expensive price. So we need to protect it and guard it. I know, so it was bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. He's talking about you guys, by the way. Wolves are coming for you, right? Good? Happy morning? Even from your own number, look around. They're out to get you. Even from your own number. Not, not you guys, you guys are good. But Paul is saying to the church, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. But that's good because we don't have any issues in the church, right? With people leading others astray and becoming stumbling blocks. Right? Oh, but I thought, yeah, so, oh, okay, okay. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. So guess what? I'm warning you today with tears. I'm not crying yet, but be on your guard, okay? (laughs) Please, because there are people in the church, outside of the church, even ourselves are coming to get us, right? How crazy is that? Last week he said, what are, the three enemy, what are the three enemies? The world, the flesh, 
and the enemy. So we're part of the problem. But I love this because there's a way out. Thank God. And I want you to know this morning that if anything, deliver us from evil is a prayer of battle that we all need to pray. And this morning, what I'm going to be preaching out of, and you guys can turn there because we're going to camp out there, is uh, John 17, verses 15 to 17. And so I'm going to use, I'm going to preach out of, uh, I'm going to preach about one prayer out of another prayer, which I love and I think it's really cool, but whatever, let's nerd out. Um, And so this is Jesus' prayer for his disciples, right? He's finishing up his ministry and he's praying for his disciples. And what I love about this, this prayer in Matthew 6, though, deliver us from evil. Or deliver us from the evil one. You know, different manuscripts say different things, but it's basically the same bad stuff, right? Bad people. And what I love about this prayer is that there are so many ways that we can pray it. Once we start saying this, there are so many ways that God can deliver us from evil and so many evils that he can deliver us from. But the first one that I want to touch on in John 17 is delivered, um, that we are delivered from evil through endurance. And I put this one first because some of you might be inclined, right? And I want to head this off right at the beginning. I wasn't delivered from evil. I had, to, I had to walk through it and it was a mess and God didn't deliver me. But what we need to understand and when we think about that and when we're faced with the reality that God did not deliver us out of that evil is that God can deliver us through it and I think about the, the Israelites. They were in bondage for 400 years. God, did God deliver them? They had to endure through it. And eventually, Moses, uh, God heard the cry of his people and sent Moses and they were delivered. But for 400 years, they had to endure. And so if we look at 15, at the beginning of this verse, Jesus praying for his disciples. He says this, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. And I'll read it all the way through, but I'm going to come back to that. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So let's go back to that first part, right? I do not ask that you take them out of the world. This is not an escape. There are times though, and I'm, I'm right there with you, there are times, I'm good. Let's just pack up and go. I'm done. And my dad, he's great. Whenever, whenever I see him, he, he, he always does this. You know, Ian, you know, I just, I, I, he'll sit me down and say, Ian, you know, the older I get, the more I look forward to heaven the more excited I bet about going home. I said, yeah, yeah, dad, okay, okay, okay. 
He says, no, 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 listen, you don't understand. Like, like the more time I spend as a Christian, the more I look forward to going home and, and, and seeing Jesus. And, and this, the things of this world have kind of faded away. I was like, yeah, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And he's not wrong, but I was. Because when I would think about that and I would try and say, well, yeah, dad, me too. You know, I want to go to heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, you don't understand. You're too young. And Sorry, that's another matter. But... Um, some, some father-son issues, I guess. But, uh, so I would say, yeah, yeah, dad, you know, okay, I want to go to heaven too, yeah. But I think in my, in my reasoning, it was an escape. That I just, you know what? This world is a mess. And it would be so much easier if I could just, just go, you know? I won't have to pay taxes anymore. You know, I know I look young, but I have to do that now, you know, so I wouldn't have to pay taxes and, um, well, Brie really pays my taxes anyway, so I don't have to look at that, but I would probably be in prison if I did. Um, but I see it as, as this, like, I just want to get away and I don't want to deal with it anymore. And so it's an escape. It's an escape from the evil out there, but it's also an escape from, from the evil in here. Right? God, how many... I fell to the temptation again. Really? Can we just, you know... Where I, again and again and again and again, and I mess up and I fall short, and I'm like, you know what? That's not going to happen in heaven. So let, let's just... Let's take a cop out, and then we don't have to deal with it. And that's the easy way out. That's one of the easy ways out is, Lord, just take me so I don't have to be a mess anymore. And the other thing, right, is that we just want to run away. Go join a monastery. Go join a commune, right? How fun would that be? But that's what, that's what, we, that's what people have done for centuries. They say, this world is just screwed. We're going to go over here. We're going to build a castle and we're going to leave you guys alone. And we want to run away from the evil in the world. We want to run away from the evil of our job and our family and whatever. But we think that if we could just isolate ourselves and seclude ourselves, that we would be safe, right? Nobody's going to hurt me. But the problem is that when we run away, our flesh goes with us. So yeah, you don't have to deal with anybody else, but you have to deal with your own thoughts and your own desires and all of that. And that's not going to go away just if you're held up in a, in a cell praying and fasting all day. It's not an escape. And what I love the Jesus prayer here, I ask not that you take them out of this world. Why? You guys have work to do. Sorry to break it to you. But each and every one of you here this morning has a mission. You have been called by God for a work that you need to do. And if you're running away from it because there's evil, who's going to do the work? Who's going to be the light in your classroom? Who's going to be the light in your office? Who's going to be the light in your community? 
God knew that. Jesus knew that when he prayed. He's like, these guys have work to do. They got to be here. Evil is coming for us, whether we want it to or not, whether we are ready for it or not. And many of us, many of us have already experienced unspeakable evils. Funerals for those too young, empty homes gone empty too soon. Sickness that we can't even imagine. But Jesus never promised a perfect life. He never made any promise that our walk would be without pain and suffering. But this doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray. And we can pray, God, deliver me from evil. Not take it away, but deliver me through evil. Deliver me from being overwhelmed by evil. When I was looking at it this week, the Matthew Henry commentary, he said this about it. Not that they may be kept from affliction, but kept through it. Not that they may be kept from all conflict with the world, but that they may not be overcome by it. Not that, as Jeremiah wished, they might leave their people and go from them, but that, like Ezekiel, their faces may be strong against the faces of wicked men. It is more the honor of a Christian soldier by faith to overcome the world than that by a monastical vow to retreat from it. I want to say that again. It is more the honor of a Christian soldier by faith to overcome the world than by a monastical vow to retreat from it. It's not about running away from evil, but it's about trusting God that he will get you through it. For 400 years, the Israelites suffered. For us, many of us have suffered through it And I love what one, one scholar said. He said, it's not that we, uh, we need to pick up our cross, not outrun it. We need to accept what is in this world because there will be trials. There will be tribulations. But praying, God, deliver me from, the, from being overcome by that evil. So we've got work to do. And the second thing that we are delivered from, the second way that we're delivered from evil is through protection. When we pray, God, deliver me from evil. Protect me. Back to John 17, he says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but get this, but that you keep them from the evil one. Because we have that work to do, And it's not that we're just kept from temptation, but that we're delivered from the evil, but that we're kept away from it. And this is that part where we're asking for the, for the, for the evil to be kept from us, right? And it's okay to pray for that. I love growing up when I was a kid, every time we took a trip, first thing we did, we got in the car, we started, we were driving, and my parents would pray. They would pray for safety on the road, they would pray for safety of the house. And I have carried that on with my family. Sometimes, mostly, I hope, I try when I remember. But 
that were protected. And how many of the psalms, after psalm, after psalm, after psalm, is David at the end of his rope with nothing left, praying, God, protect me, deliver me from evil. Because you know what? I've got a few hundred enemies out to get me, and this is real. But here's the kicker, right? Here's the problem. When we pray, God, deliver me, protect me from evil, you're giving up control. You're giving up the right to protect yourself. And you're saying, you know what, God, this is too big. I can't protect myself. I cannot deliver me out of this evil. You have to do it. Please deliver me from this evil. And so there's humility there. There's humility because we want to try and make it on our own. Right? We think, I've got it. I've got discipline. You know, I can do it. I can protect myself. Evil's not going to get me. I'm not going to screw up. I'm not going to trip again. And maybe in the short term that works. But you know what? In the end, you are just not strong enough on your own. And I say that in love, but it's true. Thank God that he's ready and willing to deliver us from evil. And so we need to pray. And as I was talking about earlier, that we are protected, that we need to be delivered from the, the enemy, the evil of the world and ourselves. I think about this. What are some things that we need to be delivered from? What are some things that we need to be protected from? One of us, deliver us from an evil conscience. It's in Hebrews 10.22. Deliver us from an evil heart of unbelief in Hebrews 3.12. Deliver us from evil speaking, Ephesians 4.31. Deliver us from every evil work, 2 Timothy 4.18. Deliver us from evil communications, 1 Corinthians 15.33. Deliver us from all appearance of evil, 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Deliver us a renewed mind. Romans 12.2, and deliver us from evil companions. Revelation 2.2. As a Christian, we need to protect ourselves from the list of evil that is trying to get us. God, deliver me from the evil of gossip, gluttony, greed, And that's an expectation that we're moving through that and that we're praying that. But it's not us that does it. It's not our strength. It's God delivering us. And the third thing, the third way that we're delivered from evil is through holiness through being perfected, through being sanctified. It's a big Christian word. It means getting a, becoming a better Christian, becoming more like Christ. And as we go back to John 17, this time, picking up, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And how does that work? How does that fit in? How does that play into deliverance? And there's three ways that we're delivered 
as we become sanctified. There's three ways that holiness delivers us from evil. And the first is the church. Hebrews 3.13 says, Exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. It's today. So I'm exhorting you that none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another. Look around you. You need to be exhorting each other. That none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Because what is sin if not a lie? And so we need to be corrected. We need to be made aware. And the best way to do that is by having people around us who are going to look out for us and say, you're really, what's going on? Where are you heading? What is going on in your life that you're living this way? And so if sin is a deceit, and if sin is deceitful and a lie, then how do you counter a lie with truth? And that's what this passage is talking about. That we need to have the truth. We need to have the truth to understand where we are being led away. And I thank God that we have a church around us who's willing to step in and stand in and deliver us. Because sometimes the hardest place to find truth is in ourselves. We lie to ourselves really well. We're really good at covering up for ourselves. The second thing is put off your old self. The second way that we're delivered from this is by putting off our old self. Ephesians 4.22 says this, put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life which is corrupt through deceitful desires. There it is again. There's that lie of deceit. Those desires that try and trick us. And it's why we need Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be delivered, right? That's what we're talking about. But be delivered by the renewal of your mind. How are we renewing our mind? How are we renewing our mind? And the third way, and this is the, this is the way that it's done, is through knowledge. 1 Peter 1.14, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Ignorance, a nice word being stupidity and foolishness. We didn't know. We were ignorant. And here it's saying, do not be conformed anymore, any longer. So what's the way that we can know the truth, right? So if sin is deceitful and it wants to lie to us, and we counter that with truth, where is truth? Right there in John. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So let's carry this through, right? We have knowledge. We have the word, which is truth. And we apply that. We gain knowledge which is truth to counter the lies of the enemy, and then we can be delivered. 
And I said this in the first service too. I wasn't going to go here, but um, God had other plans. And it was great because it's not in my notes. And when you're preaching it, you need to stick to your notes because you wrote them out and they're great and you can follow them and they're all, it's perfect. But I was going over them this morning and I was looking at it and I said, oh, okay, oh no. All of these are offense, right? Deliver us from evil in a protective way. There's evil out there and it's, it's coming to get us and so here are some protective measures that we can use. And just like the armor of God, most of those are defense. But does anybody remember last week? There's offense in there as well. And so when we pray, God, deliver us from evil, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to when, I'm picking up where Travis left off. In 1 Samuel, David and Goliath. And I would say, fourth point is this, the way that we can be delivered from evil is through victory. God, deliver me from evil. And you know what? Serve him up on a platter. I want to start in 1 Samuel 17, verses 45. And I, sorry, sorry, I forgot because I didn't write it down. But I get really excited because when God gets a hold of you and you don't write it down and it's not in your notes, that's fine. Set the stage, right? What's going on? The Philistine army is camped on one side of the valley. The Israelites are camped on the other. How are the Israelites doing? They're, they're peachy, yeah? They're great. They're God's army. They're doing, they're doing fine. They're excellent. They're just rolling in victory. No, not exactly. Where are they? They're in their camp. They're twiddling thumbs. They don't know what to do. And this is where we bring it back. Get this, okay? Lead us not into temptation. The camp and the army of the Israelites was giving into the temptation to look at Goliath and say, thanks, I'll pass. And how often in our lives do we look at the mountain in front of us, do we look at the giant in front of us and say, I'm going to go back to camp and hang out for a while. I'll see you there. When we look at the evil that's coming against us, the temptation is to sit in the camp and ridicule David like, what are you doing? You're not going to go beat that giant. Did David give in to that temptation? Did he sit in the camp and say, yeah, you're right. You know, we can't beat him. Look at him. Lead us not into temptation. What's next? But deliver us from evil. So David could have fallen into that temptation. But let's pick it up in verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Uh, But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Amen. Let's do that. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Coming to get you, Goliath. I lost my place. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me. The Lord will hand you over to me. I lost it again. I'm going to stop doing that. Uh, This day, the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And I love that. You know why? He's throwing Goliath's words right back in his face. 
He's saying, that's what you got? That's what you're saying? Oh, like why don't we talk to evil that way? Why don't we have confidence in praying, God, deliver me from evil? Like, yeah, let's just strew evil across the field. Let's strew the carcasses. In, never mind. Anyway. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And he, not me, not my strength, he will give all of you into our hands. That's deliverance from evil. That's a victory. That is the way that we should pray on offense. And I'm going back. My other points, you heard it. We have to endure. There are times where we have to endure. There are times when we're going to pray, God, protect us. God, keep evil from me, not for my benefit, not so I have an easy life, but so that I can do your work. God, deliver me from learning the truth so that I could counter the lies of the enemy. Deliver me that way. But yeah, let's, let's serve it up. Let's deliver. Let's have victory. Because we fight not for victory, but from victory. And so I want to conclude with this, and I'm going to call the worship team up because they're going to be singing a song, but I want to introduce it with this, with this last passage. It's Galatians 1, 3, through, 3 and 4. Paul's introducing his letter, and he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God our Father. God, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And you know what's so great about that passage? He already has. He already has. When God declared you holy on the day you surrendered your life to him, you were delivered from this evil age. It's done. Yes, there is still evil, and yes, we will still suffer, but we are no longer held captive and bound by the hopelessness of the evil of this world. So when we pray, God, deliver us from evil, uh, let's, let's take it one step further. God, remind me that I've already been delivered from the evil of this world. God, remind me that, as they're going to sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. God, it's already done. I want to live my life not as though I'm held and weighed down with the evil of this world. But God, it's already done. And one of the lines in this song says, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. Going back to the Israelites, they endured, they were protected, they were made holy in their time in the desert, but I love that deliverance, right? They were up against a rock in a hard place. They had just come out of Egypt and they were threatened. And what did God do? 
He delivered them. He split the sea so they could walk right through it. I want us to pray right now that God splits the sea in our life. And whatever trials and tribulations, whatever evil we're facing, that God just splits the sea and we walk right through it. And that we are reminded daily that God has already delivered us. Let's pray. Father, it's a dark world. Lord, and we struggle. In our hearts, we struggle. But Lord, I pray this morning that we declare this, that we are in a place of victory. Lord, that we are no longer slaves. We are no longer bound in this world. So God, I ask that you just release us. And I ask... Father, for a church that prays and that lives delivered from evil, I think and I picture that, what it would look like if we lived delivered from evil, if we cast it out from this place. God, because it starts with us. And Father, I want us to just live in that and walk in that. And I think about people coming in here from, the, from out in the world and they come in here and I want them to see a place where we have been delivered from evil so that they can find it for themselves. Lord, we thank you and we look forward to that day of when we will finally be delivered forever. That promise that you've given us. In your name we pray. Amen.